So basically, I'm looking at the next section in Colossians, which is Colossians 3, verse 1 to 17. And it's all about finding a new way of living in Christ. And what is Paul talking actually about living a new way in Christ? It's got to do with the context of the letter. And in this letter, we have seen that Paul wants to establish the supremacy and the sufficiency of Jesus in all things as creator and redeemer. So Jesus is actually the head of the church, is the head of everything. Everything points to his greatness and his glory. And actually, is Jesus and nothing less, nothing else, Jesus, because of his sacrifice. So whatever our backgrounds, whatever, where we come from, you know, Jesus is our salvation and he is our freedom. And it's not Jesus and a little bit of that culture, or Jesus and a little bit of that rule, or Jesus and a little bit of that belief. No, it's Jesus alone. You are standing on Jesus alone. And actually, even in the middle of this passage that I'm looking at, Paul reminds us of, us, of that when he says, Christ is all and is in all. That's the fundamental of our Christian faith. That we are Christian because Christ is in us. And all of us, we have Christ in us. And because Jesus is in us, there is this new way of living, which is described to us in Colossians 3. So what has happened to us? Why are we called to live a different life? And how is that possible? Those are the questions I'm looking at this morning. And let's read a little bit the first uh, uh, um, verses of this page from one um, from verse 1 to verse 4. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is actually almost the most important bit in the passage, really, I think, because it helps us to understand that, guys, we are actually brand new people. We are brand new people. What is described here in these two verses is actually the same picture that we find in the picture of baptism. What happened for Jesus Christ's sacrifice at the cross, the old is dead. The old has gone. Our old self is dead in Christ. And we are now living in him a new life. So we have been raised up with him and we are called to rule as citizens of heaven. That's what happened when we become Christian. We received a new nature. So first, that's the big point. We have a new nature. We have been reborn by the Spirit. Now, we're still living on earth, and there's a bit of a reality that we're living in this earthly body, okay? And the Bible talks about our flesh having desires. So there's a reality here. So the second thing we could do is, yes, sometimes there is a little bit of a battle, okay? But living by the Spirit is not gratifying the desire of the flesh, but aligning our body and our mind to the reality of Christ. So what we do is we're renewing our mind, we align our thoughts with our Father's thought. 
we are allowing God to work in us so we would be more Christ-like. So we are brand new nature in essence, but we are getting transformed at the same time. There is that reality. Now, I am not talking about onion peeling. I don't know if you heard about the onion peeling in some Christian circle. The onion peeling goes a little bit like this. We are awful. And we have to take these layers of awfulness until one day maybe we are like Christ. This is not biblical. The Bible says you are glorious. You have received the nature of Christ. The old is gone. Okay, the old is gone. So you have a new nature. And what you need is to allow this new nature to be in the driving seat. You see the difference? So yes, there is a process by which we are getting transformed and we will be renewed. And there are things in our lives that are not quite right and that needs to go. But what we do is fundamentally in the core, we are absolutely brand new and glorious. And we allow God, you know, by his spirit to work through us and we let our new nature be in the driving seat. This is why, and that's the verse, this is why we are called to leave setting our hearts and our mind on the things above. Hallelujah. Where Christ is, not on earthly things. Because I can guarantee to you, if you fix your eyes on the earthly things, you won't get transformed. That's right. You will get hopeless. Yes. Because the world is hopeless. Yes. So if you look down, you're not getting transformed. But if you look up, you set your heart and your heart, not there, your heart and your mind are the things above. That's how you get transformed. That's how you get your new nature to be able to do the work and the cooperating work with the Holy Spirit. Notice it's very important. It says both heart and mind. For me, it speaks about our affections and our thoughts. Both of them needs to be fixed on Jesus. I think you know that when, when we love something, we think about the things we love. When we love something, we spend time doing the things we love. So it's easy if you have your heart set on heaven that you love Jesus, it's easier then to engage your thought and then you will engage your behavior. It goes that way. It doesn't go, I am now a Christian. I am <laughs> going to force myself, strive myself in new behavior. That's not how it goes. What you do, the only job to do is to love Jesus. You love Jesus and then you engage your thoughts and you cooperate with the Holy Spirit and then the behavior will change. Can you see how it works? So the reason we are able to do that is because the Holy Spirit is in us and he is the one who making the changes. Our job is to cooperate with the new life that is in us. It's like a surrendering. It's like a collaboration with the Holy Spirit. So very much we go from, I love Jesus, I believe in him, I agree with him, therefore I cooperate with the work of the Holy Spirit. So practically, how do we develop a Christ-like way of living? Well, practically, it happens by rejecting practices and things that are not Christ-like and cultivating things that are Christ-like. So we're rejecting everything that is not good, and we're taking on the fruit of the Spirit, essentially. Okay? So here come this passage with an incredible image. And I'm not going to read it because um, my minutes are precious. But read it at home. I'm going to summarize for you. Okay? 
here there's a come really a powerful image of putting to death what belongs to our earthly nature literally forget your old rags get rid of the old rags and clothe yourself with the nature of Christ to become the holy people that you, God has called us to be okay so there is this this picture i put to death and i close myself again collaborating with the holy spirit okay not by striving as i just said so essentially in this text what does it what does it speaks about what i make i made a lovely table for you you can see the teacher right <laughs> so on the left we put to death and on the right we close ourselves and those things I found it's quite helpful. There's a bit of categories I think it's helpful. The first thing is we put to death idolatry of our earthly nature, which is sexual immorality, impurity, lust, every desire and greed. Can you see in this first section, I think it's this driving thing of I want more. I want more sex. I want more freed. I want more money. I want better than this. I want, can you see there is that driving thing of idolatry? But here, what it is, is you letting your flesh driving you, really. And <clears throat> it goes to, to the worst when it goes towards evil. We're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to murder for it. I'm going to kill for it. I'm going to lie for it. I'm going to, um, you know, uh, cheat for it. You see, you see what I'm saying? All it is in there, okay? So we don't want that, of course, because we are not driven by our, our fleshly desire. Then the second rubric, you could see it's all about loving your neighbors well. Because here, when you, dis when you let anger, rage, slander, filthy language, uh, what malice, etc., all of this is actually what would attack people and that what would really uh, ruin relationships and things like that. So this category we want to put to death as well. It is not Christ-like. And to top it, lying, deceiving, which is pretty much, you could do that in any category. So we put to death those things that are not Christ-like by setting our mind on Christ. And what we try is to develop the virtues of Christ, which are on the right side, which is compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, basically all the fruit of the Spirit. And what we do for each other, so again, in terms of relationship, we bear with each other and we forgive each other to let love uh, basically rules. I found in a nutshell the right section here is to love like Christ. Love like Christ because love is patient, love is compassionate. You know, you know, you know your Bible. Okay? So actually all the virtues could be summarized by love like Christ because love is patient and forgives and, and overlooks offense. You see, it is not, it's why it's not completely a bad behavior because you can't say, I'm a good Christian and I'm not doing the left colon, hey? Oh, yeah. Of course not, I'm not watching pornography, of course not. Um, you know, or of course not, I'm That's not even enough because actually you can't say, I'm Christian and I'm not doing the left things if you're not developing the right things. I mean, some people in the world are really happy. I've got very, very good behaviors. But do they, do they develop the love of Christ? Can you see? So it's not about rules and behaviors. It is about essentially becoming more and more Christ-like, loving people, okay? So practically, 
I think practically I'm going to give a bunch of things because I can't, you know, cover everything in super detail. But practically, it looks like taking a lot of good, healthy decision. Okay? So, and think about your behavior. So, is my behavior lining up with a heart and mindset that is set onto heaven? That's the question we can ask ourselves. So, again, it's not about rule, but um, like I'm not going to come and say, you can't watch this film, but you can watch this film. You cannot watch this, but you can watch that. Because it's not that. It's actually more, um, okay, when I stay up at night and I watch this particular movie, does it help me? That's what it is about. If this film is a subject of temptation for you, then don't watch it. But maybe for another person it would be. So it's not rules, it's, it's you. Is it helping your heart and mind to be set on the things above? You see? It is about, so another practical thing, it's about walking close to other Christians. So when you're tempted about something or you find out, oh my, I still get really angry, then you, you're able to tell someone who will help you as well along the way. Practically, it looks a lot like journeying with God because sometimes God will tap on your shoulder and say, do you think that was right? And then you have to stop long enough to say to yourself, Oh, I'm sorry, I repent, God. Repenting is not uh, weeping and do it again. Repenting is saying, you know what? I don't want to do it again. Holy Spirit, come and help me. That's what repenting is. So you repent and you have to be able to stay there long enough to see your way through. Because sometimes I can tell you, we all have bad habits that can come from family, uh, the way we've been brought up, and these stick like old rags. And they belong to peel off. And it's painful to peel off. But you have to hang in there and say, Jesus, help me. And stay long enough in the pain of it. It's painful sometimes. If you've been like using, um, I don't know if you used uh, anger as a self-protective mechanism. It's a little bit long to, to, to live without your shield. So it will be a bit painful, but you have to hang in there. And allow the work of Holy Spirit to show you what is going on, why you're doing this, and replace them by heavenly thoughts. Can you see what I'm saying? Yeah? Sometimes, practically, it looks like um, noticing what you're doing when you're hurting. When you're hurting, you know what we do when we're hurting? We're numb. All of us do it. We find a way to ease the pain. That's what we do. So some things are a little bit acceptable, like, um, you know, some, I know some women I know, nobody here. Uh, I know some women say, oh, you know what, I'm feeling really down, I'm going to go and shop a little bit. That's acceptable by society, right? Some other numbing is not acceptable. You know, we, we all notice, you know, if you have a problem with drugs and alcohol and things, we know as Christians, we shouldn't, okay? But actually, it's all the same. It's numbing. So when you start, when you're hurting and you start noticing that you're numbing, you have to come to God and say, what is it that I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing to ease the pain? Because I have to bring that pain to Jesus. Yes. I have to bring that pain to Jesus. So practically we close ourselves with the fruit of the Spirit. We don't, be, we don't behavior modify. What we do is we invite God to do it all. We say, God, help me to be more patient. God, help me to forgive. God, I am so much in pain right now. I'm not, I don't even know if I believe. Help my own belief. That's, that's a Bible, biblical prayer. It's in the Bible. 
And we ask Jesus to be our advocate. We ask Jesus to be our healing. We ask Jesus to be our gracious savior. Brothers and sisters, if you are still struggling with some of the stuff on the left, let's not stay in shame and blame. Amen. Because you know what? Jesus has died for your freedom. Amen. It is his pleasure, it is his pleasure to rescue you. Amen. You know, on that list, there's not, there's not worse than little Amen. things and worse things. You know, we all fall short of the glory. Okay, so let, let's not stay in blame and shame. I think blame and shame is actually a strategy of the devil. Yeah. So you're stuck there. Yeah. You're stuck there. You won't get free. Okay? So today could be the day of your freedom. Because we are called to live from royalty, from the goodness of God. Okay, so let me just now finish this passage. In this, in, in this passage, there is actually a conclusion which is summed up by three verses here, okay? And actually, the first thing it says is, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as a member of one body you were called to peace. You see here, there's the first thing, overarching everything, is just make sure that you go after peace. Because do you know what? It's important for the unity of the body of Christ. It's all about the fruit of the Spirit to actually resolve conflict, loving each other and forgiving each other. And the second aspect in this verse is, be thankful. Amen. The second thing is, be thankful whatever situation you're in. You be thankful, you be grateful, you let a, um, a gratitude to really well in your heart. And finally, the workout in verse 16, I found it's amazing. It's actually the outworking of our faith. And when we try to live in this new way, the outworking of our faith is both in communion with Christ, but in community with our brothers and sisters. You see that in the verse very clearly. It's very rich here. There's a vertical thing going on here because it says receiving the message of the gospel and singing back to God with gratitude in our hearts. So that's the vertical, yeah? But there's the horizontal thing going on here because it says teaching, correcting, sharing the word of God, sharing wisdom, worshiping together. All of that is a body responsibility we are supposed to be involved in. All of us are doing that. We're encouraging, we're, we're disciplining, we're teaching, discipleship, all of that is actually a horizontal. So we, to sum up and to, go back, to, to, to come back to what I was saying at the beginning of, of, of this talk, the centrality of this letter is the supremacy and the glorification of Christ. So this new way of living is that we would do everything to the glory of Christ. Everything we do, everything we speak is to the glory of Christ. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And walking by the Spirit to develop a Christ-like way of life. Now, this new way is not just about sanctification. We're not just getting holier for our personal development. And say, ooh, I'm doing well. I'm getting better. This is in the world, by the way. Everybody goes on self-improvement program. So the Christians do as well. But actually, it's not the only thing. Okay? We actually... Fixing our thoughts and our affection on Jesus 
to glorify him. And glorify him is as well participating and partaking and working things out in the body of Christ. Because get what? Guess what? Us together, we're supposed to become glorious. Us together, we are the bride of Christ. We are getting ready as well. So this is us, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, who is representing Jesus to the world. Can you see? So this new way of living that we are invited to, okay, to put to death certain things, to develop certain things, by loving him, by loving him and set our mind on the things above, is about giving glory. And we're giving him glory when we walk together, we love each other, and we love the world. That's how it works. Okay, let me finish by praying. Um, right, I am aware that it's, it is, there's a lot in this preach, right? But I want to pick up one thing. Guys, if you are still tr- struggling with some stuff you are ashamed of, don't let that rob you of your freedom. Okay, so I would like everybody to close their eyes and we're going to pray. Because, Father, we come to you because it's your joy and your pleasure to rescue us. It's your joy and your pleasure to give us freedom. So we give you whatever is wrong in our life, whatever is we're still tempted, we're still lusting, we're still angry, we're still doing things wrong, we're still lying, whatever on that list, we're giving it to you, Jesus. And we ask you to really work in us, work in us to develop all these virtues by the Holy Spirit. And we decide today that we are going to collaborate, fixing our mind. Our new nature is the good thing. We are going to fix our mind on this new nature you are actually giving us. And Lord, I pray, let us love you more. Let us love you more. Because when we love you more, we're preoccupied by you. We fix our eyes on you because we want to. We do the right thing because we love to. Because we know that it is of you. So Jesus, we pray for that. We pray that we will feel loved by you and we feel your love in every day in our life, in the name of Jesus.